Alabama A&M completely overhauls their defense. What MEAC players are making it to the Senior Bowl watch list? And there's a bit of a discrepancy on just how good Bowie State will be this year. Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. family welcome back to another episode of the locked on hbcu podcast your number one daily one-stop shop for everything hbcu athletics monday through friday part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and i of course am darian gray aka the mouth of the south texas southern alum and former tsu herald sports editor thank you for going on this journey with me making locked on hbcu your first listen of the day Every day, and I'd like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free, yeah, for free, at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. Terms and conditions apply. And remember to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives because the journey does not stop just because the mic has cut off. Alabama A&M has absolutely and completely remodeled and overhauled their defense. Now, before we get deep into what that really means, I want to take a second to just say how much I love and appreciate media days. You know, we talked about Eddie George shrugging off the preseason polls and how that really didn't matter to him as a player and it won't matter to him as a coach. Well, as a player or as a guy who wasn't a player nor a coach and I'm simply an analyst, I absolutely love those type of things. I love looking at what other coaches believe is going to happen within the conference and what players would be good. I, I took so much joy in finding out that Andrew Body, not just because it was Texas Southern, but I found so much joy in finding Andrew Body as the second team all pro or excuse me, all swack quarterback because, hey, there was a little bit of a gap. You know, we knew Aquil Glass was going to be the guy last year. We knew that Shador Sanders was going to be the guy this year. Who else did they expect to take that step up? There was just a lot of curiosity. Maybe even a guy like Jamari Jones. There, there was just so much curiosity, and it feeds the, the media engine so much when it comes to these things. We're not talking about preseason finishes and, and who's going to be the best players. Right now, we're talking about what the head coach came out there and said when talking about how the defensive unit will evolve as opposed to last year. Now, as HBCUs, I feel like there's so much coverage that is missing. There is so much coverage that is missing, and I try to do the best that I can to fill that void. If I can fill that void in some capacity, then I feel like I'm doing my job well, right? However, I know that every time Jackson State makes a semi-major move, you're getting that. You're getting that news. Anytime that Jackson State makes the slightest move, you're definitely going to hear about it. And, you know, that, that happens. If you look at major schools like big schools, that type of coverage comes from that. So there's nothing wrong with Jackson State getting that coverage. However, a move like Jamari Jones, the number one uh, Juco quarterback going to Mississippi Valley State. There's no reason that should fall through cracks. That's quite that's an easy move to miss if you're not really dialed in. Even if you are, you take a day or two off, you miss that. That should not be the case. A player of that magnitude, a transfer of that magnitude, shouldn't just slip through the cracks when you're talking about Mississippi Valley State, especially with them not having the best fortunes as of late. That's a story right there. And, you know, I didn't cover it either. I'll be honest about it. But it, it slips through the crack. 
you get to going and going and you see the teams and and things become bigger news that sometimes you forget to cover some of these things and now i fell victim to that so i'm not i'm def i'm definitely not on my high horse but the reason i love these media days is because everything is in the open it's right there for you and that's why we're talking about alabama a&m and how they're revamping their defense they are revamping that defense in the sense that that defense was so so just terrible like just, just to quote charles barkley it was bad and i can say that i'm not trying to rub salt in the wound or anything but that was a bad defense but you had a quill glass you know it was a very bad defense but you had a quill glass and when you're looking at superstar quarterbacks a lot of times you you treat them you'll treat a superstar quarterback like he's makeup or like he's superman right you know you, maybe he's maybelline <laughs> like that's the type of identity that we give superstar quarterbacks because you can put makeup over a lot of things when you have a star quarterback, but the defense was so bad last year that you couldn't cover up that blemish. That was a difficult blemish to cover up. So now instead of using that quarterback to be makeup and cover up the blemishes, you said, you know, we're just going to give the defense a complete makeover. Coach Maynard said we might have 10 or 11 new starters on the defense. There's only 11 positions on the defense, coach. You're telling me you want to get rid of everybody? Well, the defense was really that bad. I guess I do understand when you when you say it like that. 10 to 11 starters will be new on the defense. Nobody is safe. And that sense of urgency, in my opinion, likely comes from the fact that Glass isn't here anymore. So if you did feel it's a terrible trait that I feel like a lot of us, you know, not I'm not a coach, but a lot of us fall victim to, well, the defense is bad, but our quarterback is great. So you have that, you know. And with Glass being gone, you no longer have that, that safety net, that makeup, that ability to cover up some things because you have a quarterback who can lead an offense to 40 points on any given Saturday. You, know, you don't know that you have that anymore. I'm not going to say you don't have it because they brought in a gaggle of quarterbacks to try to fill the Glass shoes. Well, you brought in the same gaggle of defensive players to try to fill, they're not huge shoes, but just to replace what was there. Right. And I know I know if I was an Alabama AM guy, I'd be kind of irritated because I often think this way with the Saints. And I'm like, man, you know, if Breeze had the defense he had at the end of his career, during the prime of his career. But for some reason that that star quarterback like Glass was and that hopefully elite or very good defense that Alabama AM is attempting to build. They never seem to really cross. They for some reason, these paths of really good units for a lot of teams run parallel and as fans and as coaches and as players we want them to run perpendicular because eventually they'll intersect everybody's just not that lucky when it comes to having a really good offense or a really good quarterback and then having a least a serviceable defense which alabama a&m simply was not last year so i do not blame him for having that complete overhaul 10 to 11 new starters that's addressing the need you know so step one is acknowledging that you got an issue. And I'm not trying to say that this is at the severity of like just, oh, I got to come to rock bottom. But hey, a quill glass isn't there anymore. So it's not rock bottom, but it is something that you have to realize that, hey, you, you tried to cover it up. What you tried to cover it up with isn't here. It's a real problem. Acknowledge it. Let's go address it. That's step two. Then step three is actually being fixed. And that's to be, to be determined. Excuse me. We don't know exactly how these new additions are going to fit in. Man, you can bring in 10 to 11 starters. 
and have a, a very small increase in play. Or you can even have a drop, you know, like I don't know what it's going to look like the first couple weeks of the season. That'll be definitely interesting. But the Alabama A&M defense has become a question for a different reason. If you would have told me before you had 10 to 11 different starters, it was, well, how is the offense going to cover up for the defense? Or is this defense going to improve at all? And now it's the question of, well, how is this defense going to come together with all of these new parts in the matter of one offseason? It's a completely different question. And you're probably more happy about the question being, how is it going to just come together? Because at least you have a little bit of optimism that you're not just running it back with the same group or the same group exchange a couple of players. No, this is a completely different defensive unit if you're a Bulldog fan and you're likely happy about that. Going forward, we're going to be talking about the MEAC players who made the Senior Bowl watch list because this is MEAC Media Week. We did it for the SWAC last week. We're going to do it for the MEAC this week. Best believe it. And we're going to start our coverage talking about some of the standout players from the conference, according to Jim Nagy. But before we get into that, I would love to tell you about LinkedIn. Now, listen, as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn jobs makes it easier than ever to grow your team. And LinkedIn jobs helps you find the people you want to interview faster for free. Don't be one of those people who have to sit through the interview process like this person ain't fitting. That person ain't fitting. Oh, man, not this guy. His, this guy doesn't even fit the requirements. No, get to the people that you actually want to talk to faster. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 100 or excuse me, 810 million people. Now, simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you actually want to talk to versus the people who don't really fit your requirements. It's a small business. It's the reason why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one for delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Now, you'll find the candidates you want faster than ever. And did you know that 40 million people visit LinkedIn every week so you can post your job for free? At LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College, terms and conditions do apply. As you keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, thank you for making us part of your day and your first listen of the day over here at Locked On HBCU. We do appreciate it in today's word of the day. Is having a quality that causes people to feel compassion or pity? It ain't the time for that right now. We're not about to show any pathos right now because that just is not this type of move. We're celebrating. We are celebrating the MEAC players who made it on the Senior Bowl watch list because this is MEAC Media Week with MEAC Media Day being on Friday. So this is great. This is how we're going to open it up. I think it's fantastic. I'm going to read to you the whole list. It's not going to be only MEAC players, but we're going to focus and hone in on the MEAC players in honor of starting our week that way. Now let's talk about these players. Jordan Lewis, Jablowski Green, uh, John Huggins, Kamari Avery, Mark Pope, Joshua Pryor, BJ Bowler, Sundiata Anderson, and Isaiah Guthrie. Now those were the ones who made it on the latest volume of Jim Nagy's small school Saturday. So every Saturday he was putting out for, I guess, eight weeks, it was eight installments. And he was putting out a list of prospects that the senior bowl was watching who came from small schools. Now these eight players or nine players, excuse me, they were players who came 
in that last installment. Now, you had guys like Isaiah Land, Mark Evans, and then Isaac Keenan who made it on the list from earlier installments, and we're just not going to talk about them. Uh, I might mention Isaac Keenan because we haven't really, but we did talk about Land extensively over the over the offseason. And then we did touch on Mark Evans a little bit around SWAC Media Day. So I'm probably not going to discuss those two. I may bring in Isaac Keenan, or I may just focus on the nine players who are actually on this list going forward. But like I said, well, actually, first, let me tell you what I was going to start off with. I was going to start off with a mini rant because I thought that Jim Nagy left off Isaiah Land. And not just because he wasn't here. I, I knew there was, there was more volume. So I went looking and I just did not see it. So I had a rant ready. Like I started typing, boom, boom, boom. I was bringing up the Marquise Bell situation. I was bringing up all of it. I was ready to let the chopper sing on, on, on Jim Nagy. I'm not going to lie. Like I was ready to really unload and just question what was the issue with Isaiah Land. Did two looks, didn't see him. I saw him on my third look because he didn't have a bulletin board presentation like most of the other volumes his volume had three players all live pictures when they were in the field of play so i'm glad i didn't have to come on and, and unload because i really do like what jim Nagy's doing but it, i called out called him out for the the marquis bell thing turns out he might have been right because marquis bell marquis bell did go undrafted so hey he might have been right on that one but i wasn't standing for, for isaiah land not on the watch list but luckily he wasn't, so I don't have to go on that. But that was just a little of a fun story just to kick it off, right? Well, let's talk about the MEAC players. And there's two players, Zayas Guthrie and Jablonski Green. Jablonski Green, excuse me, right? So I want to talk about Guthrie first because I think this is a fitting place to start. I believe that he is fitting because he's the youngest player. He's the only sophomore on the watch list. Now, anytime you're the only something is definitely something that you should note, right? It's not always positive. Sometimes it's negative. But if you're the only person of your group, whatever your group you you feel like you want to claim, right? If we want to talk about I'm the only podcaster or I'm the only Texas Southern alum or whatever, right? Because we belong to a, a bunch of different groups. If you're the only one from your group on some list that's like a, a vast list, you're probably special in some way, either positive or negative. This is very positive for Guthrie because as the only sophomore, I don't know why Nagy doesn't have sophomores on the list. I don't know if there's a, a, a tendency he just prefers not to do it because or maybe it's like, OK, we're only going to really focus on players who have a chance to come out in the draft. I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. Who knows? But he's the only sophomore on the list. And that's great. And it's because he has four picks on the season last year, which led to MEAC. At Delaware State, you know the back end's intact because you have Isaiah Guthrie. Now, with Guthrie, man, in the back end, big plays are limited. You don't have to worry as much. He's one of those players that make you feel good. He makes you feel safe. He's a safety, right? So he makes you feel the way that his position sounds. And it's not so uh, frequent as you may think. There's a lot of safeties in the NFL. There's a lot of safeties in college football. There's a lot of safeties everywhere that don't exactly make you feel safe. All right? So that's that's truthfully the case. But not with Guthrie. and. In addition to that, he also had 30-plus tackles, so he's not afraid to get his nose in it, and we have to really appreciate players like that. Now, when you get to Green, Green, he was on the, on the national championship. Jablowski Green is a player who, and I'm pronouncing the end, guys. I'm sorry that it's a little stuff, but uh, I'm trying to, I tried to exaggerate it, and it just leads to me stu stuttering over it. So um, no disrespect to Green. I'm just going to call him Mr. Green from now on. <laughs> but um, 
this guy is a player who definitely deserves respect and he definitely deserves acknowledgement. I don't feel like he gets it as much because of the position that he plays. Yes, he was on the national champions, South Carolina State Bulldogs, but the, the actual position he plays, it ain't it ain't sexy. You don't put up the sexy stats, right? So he's on that defensive line, but he's not getting sacks. He only had two and a half sacks. So with only two and a half sacks, a lot of people are sitting there looking like, all right, just going to skip right by it. Because that's the type of stats you look at. When you look at defensive alignment, a lot of people generate directly to the stats. Shout out to my guy, Gerald Huggins, who recently put out a, a tweet talking about he's a defensive line coach in New York, right? So he really is a coach. We don't just call him Coach G. He really is a coach. And he mentioned how I'm I'm a paraphrase. So excuse me, G, if I mess this up for you. But basically, I specialize in run stopping and then also teach pass rushing. There's not a lot of people who do that, right? Because these are, it's usually the other way around. And a lot of times run stopping isn't as valued or as, oh, ah, it doesn't get those same reactions as the sack numbers. He had 19 and a half tackles for a loss. Imagine somebody had 19 and a half sacks with two tackles for a loss. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Right. But he had 19 and a half tackles for a loss. And he is truthfully a force to be reckoned with. He's powerful. He's agile. You see it in his game. It's not just shorts and T-shirt type things. No, you watch him overpower offensive linemen. You see him agile when he gets the ball in his hands and he has a pick six like his game versus Morgan State. So this is a player when he gets on the field, he can definitely impact you in multiple impact you in multiple ways so i love watching him play he's somebody that i think you should definitely pay attention to if you're watching south carolina state because he is an impact player and he was a second team all MEAC player in the 2021 season i think that this guy is absolutely fantastic both green and guthrie are really fine players you have to appreciate them on the field and jim Nagy clearly does as he has them on his 2023 senior bowl watch list Going forward on the well, first off, we're going to continue going with our MEAC Media Week as the week continues. Let me just announce that while we're here. We are going to continue touching on that. I'm not quite sure how we're going to do Friday's episode yet. I don't know if we're going to have a late drop on Friday so that we can wrap up some of the things that happened in, during Media Week or if we're just going to have the recap on Monday. I, I haven't I haven't really decided. I'm still kind of up in the air. Um, I might decide on Wednesday by Wednesday's episode, but I will update if, update you whether or not I do. But going forward with this episode, we're going to be talking about Bowie State, who has dominated the CIAA over the last three, four years. They have been a dominant team. There's not the same feeling around them this year, mostly due to the departure of Damon Wilson, but other coaches, it seemed like, within the conference, actually see a chink in the armor because they don't predict them to be as dominant as they have been in the last season. We'll talk about that and more as we continue with Locked on HBCU. As we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, Bowie State is still expected to win the CIAA. However, there's coaches who just aren't convinced. That wasn't a problem last year. It is this year. Now, What's a good media day recap if we're not talking about the preseason polls? You know that I love me a preseason poll. I've talked about it with the SEAC. I talked about it with the SWAC. I'm talking about it right now with the CIAA. And then I'm going to talk about it with the MEAC when that drops on Friday. I am going to detail it. I love preseason polls because to me, it just gives a lot of insight in 
honestly, it gives something to call back to. But it gives a lot of insight as far as today and then months down the line, we can always reference and back and see what did the coaches get right? What did the coaches get wrong? And what was kind of a surprise to not just the coaches, but all of us. So I love these polls, right? And it's Bowie State number one. And then it's also Fayetteville State number two. And it's been that way for four years, right? So they're expected to meet in the CIAA championship game for the fourth year in a row with Bowie State coming out on top for the fourth year in a row. This is what expected. It's like clockwork, right? But not quite. It's like clockwork, but not quite. Now for Fayetteville, I do want to mention that Fayetteville State is expected to have the best quarterback in the conference. So let's do acknowledge that because it's not as if they're just some scrub. They are number two for a reason. And listen, there's a lot of people who, or a good amount of people who's going to think that they can come out at number one. And I'm going to touch on that in a little bit. But as opposed to last year, there's a bit of a discrepancy on just how good Bowie State will be. Right now, I did want to mention Fayetteville State because they're very close. There's not as much room in between these teams as there was last year. Last year, they were unanimous champs, Bowie State. They were the unanimous preseason champs for the conference and they end up being that way. Right. But that's it's not about what it actually turns out to be. It's about how everybody felt coming into the season. I'm talking about that chink in the armor that people feel like they see now. We're talking about a team that was unanimously picked to be the preseason champions. This year, they only have six votes. They actually tied with Fayetteville State. Now, just a quick little rattle off. They go in a, in a point system. So every coach is going to go in. They're going to vote on where on how they think the conference is going to lay out. And each team is going to get points based on what spot they ranked in on each card, right? So you're going to have that 12 times. And Fayetteville State and Bowie State actually tied with Bowie State pulling off the tiebreaker because they had six first-place votes as opposed to Fayetteville State's three first-place votes. Now, what this tells me is that the, the difference in three, right, is three in between. You probably got some teams who saying that Bowie State's going to be three. Bowie State's going to be four. I don't think that, I don't know how much is attached to each ranking, like if you're first place or second place, but I would I would assume if there's three, if one team outranks the other in three first place votes, basically is what I'm trying to say, you're going to need more than just second place every other time to then tie. You likely have Bowie State finish in third, maybe fourth in some people's mind. That's what I mean when I say there's a discrepancy, and it's a clear reason why. You lost your coach. There's no doubt about why. You lost your coach. Yes, you're still the team to beat, but a step back should be expected. You know, a step back would have been reasonable even if Damon Wilson didn't leave. But now that he did, and you have Kyle Jackson as your as your head coach, yeah. I don't think that there's anything wrong with saying that Bowie State will take a step back. That doesn't mean they're going to be terrible. Really, all it means is that they're not going to be historic season. They had a historic season last year. Stepping back was, I'm not going to say it was expected, but it wouldn't shock anybody. It shouldn't shock anybody, right? So now that that feeling, that feeling of that lack of surprise should be even doubled down on now because there isn't that Damon Wilson consistency. And he also lost a couple of players. They, the players that they lost were big-time players. It was definitely players that made you say, oh, your eyes pop. However, they didn't lose everybody. Like, they still have two all-CIAA all players on the offensive line. You still have Joshua Pryor coming in. You still have players who are expected to be really, really, really good at their position. So it's not a situation where they're, they're starving. But more than just the talent on the field, you kept those foundational pieces. 
Kyle Jackson was a linebacker coach who's been here for a while. You kept your offensive coordinator, right? So now instead of having to teach a completely new system, you're going to have to fill the voice that are left by your transfers. Yes. However, that's every single year. You never come into the season with the same exact team. It's very rare. So with that being the case, it's just like if a freshman or a transfer comes in and he has to learn the system. It's actually something you're used to as a coach. You're going to completely have revamp. This is college, right? You're, you, you have these players for three to five years, two to five years. If you have like a redshirt sophomore who leaves, but let's just say three to five years. That's how much you really have these players and get to have them on the field. So this isn't something that's new. This is something that they should really expect, but you have that consistency of Kyle Jackson, of the offensive coordinator, of some other people on the staff. You know, I hate to call back to the Saints again, but I really don't. So I'm not even going to lie to you. I love calling back to the Saints. They're in a situation like that as well, where you have the defensive coordinator who is now the head coach or was the, the former defensive coordinator who is now the head coach, and you're keeping consistency. And the idea around the offseason for the Saints was consistency. That's kind of the same thing for Bowie State where – you feel like if you stay consistent, you still have enough really good players to where you can still make a run at things. But there's definitely not the same fear. There is not the same fear in Bowie State. I can say that because you went from unanimous to being tied with Fayetteville State, where it's basically like it could go either way. But more teams, more coaches feel like you'll come out in first place than Fayetteville State. So you ended up getting that nod. So as we wrap up, I wanted to mention one little note. It's not about Bowie State, but it is still within the conference. And that's that Tayshawn Taylor is actually going to be a sheriff. And he stepped away from Winston-Salem State. Uh, I just thought that was a really dope story. I thought that was kind of just cool. And Coach Massey let the coaches and the journalists know at CIAA Media Day. And he said he heard one coach say good. I can't even blame him. Because Taylor was an all-CIAA preseason player, so you already know he was going to be a problem on the field. I'd be saying good, too, if I didn't have to face that guy this season. But I thought that was a pretty cool note to wrap up our show on, even though it wasn't directly connected to Bowie State. So I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day on tomorrow or Wednesday's episode, episode rather, we are going to be talking about our Senior Bowl watch list some more. We're going to talk about some of the players that are not from the MEAC. So make sure you are tuned in from that because we had nine players on the list and we only touched on two today. Now for your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out our conference shows. We're talking Locked on ACC, Locked on SEC, Locked on Big 12, Locked on Pac-12. These are great shows and it's the Locked on Network so you know we producing quality isn't even a doubt about that now if you're looking for me in the meantime in between time you can find me on twitter at south exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family take care stay blessed peace